John chapter 20. I'll take it easy on you today. I'll not ask you to think too much. How about that? It's a time change Sunday. And I know my limitations. No sense in pushing it. This is kind of easy to follow along on if you look at it, please. John chapter 20 and verse 10. John 20, verse 10. Oh, it's good to see all of you. God bless you. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, in all fairness, it's a little tough uh, losing that hour. But uh, anyway, you'll get used to it. We always do every year. John 20 and verse 10. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. A place to call home. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the good crowd today and for the wonderful togetherness, the fellowship, the songs, the testimonies. Everything's just wonderful. Now, Holy Spirit, do your supernatural work. Do what only you can do. Share with us wonderful words of life. Not only stir people's minds, but change their lives. And dear Lord, I praise you for all you do. For I ask it in your name and for thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I was uh, over at um, a place of business the other day. Actually, it's a supermarket. So before I went to the supermarket, I went by the bank and grabbed some money. You know how that is. And I went to the supermarket, and they had a little place over in the corner there, Doug, where you could sit down and get you a bite. So I had some other things to do, so I went over there, uh, had a little lunch, and wasn't any place to sit except one table, and there was a fellow sitting there, and I said, do you mind if I sit with you? He said, oh, no, and he worked there. So we got to talking. We introduced ourselves, and uh, I told him where I was from and that I lived around here 16 years, and he said, well, I just moved here from another state, and he said, uh, I'm just so taken back with uh, everybody being so friendly. He said, this is a good culture of people. And everybody's so friendly, made me feel so good. He said, and here's what he said. He said, I think I found a place I can call home. Amen. And that just clicked with me. Amen. A place to call home. Amen. Let's turn that into a spiritual thing, if you will, please. Look at that a little bit today. But home is a beautiful four-letter word. Is it not? Yes. Yes. I love home. Amen. And all that it represents, the warmth, the care, the love. The children, all of it. Oh, I love it. Everything about it. It's amazing. Have you noticed in this text that Jesus had died and the disciples did not know he had been risen from the dead? Yep. And look what they did. They went back to their home. That's noteworthy. They went back to their home. There was something about that that kind of stabilized them, settled them down made them feel a little bit better about things. They were so disturbed, but they went home. It's a place to be, a place to get help, a place to get encouragement. So let's look at three of your homes today. First of all, the family home. I love to think about this, and in the Bible there's a lot to say about homes, families together. John chapter 11, there are three siblings living there, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And in John 10, the very first time that Jesus ever came through there in Bethany, 
and he came by and spent some time with them. And Mary and Martha, uh, actually Martha had fixed a lot of supper for him. And Mary was too busy sitting at his feet and enjoying him in worship. But anyway, they were there in that home. And Jesus, uh, from that time forward, began going by there regularly, spending time with them in their home and talking it over. And sometimes, I guess, even stayed overnight. But I love to think about that, Jesus in the home. Is he in your home? It's wonderful. You only have a house if he's not there, but you can have a home if he is there. Family and the Savior's love and grace and mercy, it just makes a house a home and something worth living in and living for. Then in Acts chapter 16, you remember uh, the Philippian jailer? Paul and Silas put in there. Yeah. At midnight, they sang praises to God in the jailhouse rock. Elvis thought he started jailhouse rock, but it was really the Lord. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, the jailer got saved and born again, saved by the grace of God. And you know what he did? He took Paul and Silas over to his house. Right. And the whole family was saved. Amen. And it became a home. Wonderful. A family home life. That is ordained by God. The family unit home life is ordained by God. It started in Genesis 2, verses 21 through 24, when God looked at Adam and he said, Now I've looked at everything else and I love it. Everything is wonderful. But it's not good for Adam to be alone. So he gave him a wife, Eve. Now the, right. somebody said this. and I didn't say it, ladies, so don't get upset. He's, they said the reason God made Adam first is to give him a chance to say something. <laughs> Not nice. Not nice. At any rate, Adam and Eve and the Cain and Abel and the family started. God instituted the home life. Have you ever noticed this? This is what bothers me. Everything out there is against the home life. Traditional home life. It's against it. It's designed to take it down. Yep. All of you have children, all of us, let's protect and provide for our home because I promise you, this philosophy out in the world is designed to take down your home gradually, but ever so directly Amen. taking down your home. And I, I do not want Fellowship Baptist Church to lose one family. Do you? No. Not at all. I thank God for this place called home, the family line. Listen to this quote. When home is ruled by God's word, angels might be asked to stay a night with us and not find themselves out of their element. Wow, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that sweet and lovely to think about it being so heavenly that even angels can feel at home where you live? Now, I'm aware of the fact this is tender to me, and some of you may be going through this in this room this morning. I realize that some have been victimized by abuse and now it's a broken home, it's a broken marriage. That's all over our country. I know there are multitudes of children who are casualties of dysfunctional families and churches need to be more involved in helping those who've been victimized by that. There need to be recoveries and the best way to recover is to gather around them and love on them. And make them feel at home. Right. Not meddle in their business, but just say, I'm here for you if you need me. Because you're going through some pain. There are a whole lot of people, multitudes of people in our country who are broken, who are dysfunctional, who are fragmented and moved away 
from the unit of the home life. In fact, our country leads the world in broken homes. Oh my. Aren't you glad that we can have that kind of a home life, a godly home, a happy home, if we will abide by God's word? Again, it takes two to make it work. And if you've been a victim of someone who wasn't cooperative, if you've been a victim of someone who didn't care about spiritual things, who didn't love the Lord, that's not your fault. You keep your head up. You keep moving. It wasn't you. You're not a second-class citizen. You will recover. And if you hang around here, we'll help you recover. Am I right? We're going to do this together in the matter of a family home. But God ordained the home. There's that kind of home. If you like to know what it is, say amen. Amen. Not only family home, the church home. Amen. Oh, I love the church family. I could just gather you up in my arms today if I could, in, in, in a proverbial sense, and gather you up and just love all over you. I love you all to pieces. I love time we have together. I love it. I miss you when you're not here, and I'm glad when you are here. This church home. It's ordained by God. First Timothy 3. 3.15, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, it is the church of the living God. That's right. Roger said this, and that child said, is this your church? Do you own this church? And he said, no, it's God's church. That's right. It's the church of the living God, is it not? This is ordained by the Lord. This is not something men put together. This is not just a social gathering today. This is God's house. It was ordained by God that we meet the first day of the week and we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. This is ordained by God. It's not something that we can take or leave. This is something God wanted to happen. Amen. I love it. Church home. Colossians 1.18 says, Christ is the head of the church. He runs it. I, I'm not here to run it. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I just say, what do you want? And get sensitive to the way he's leading and falling right behind him. He runs things. It works a lot better that way, does it not? The church home. I love this. It ought to be a place of belonging. A place of warmth and care and encouragement. And not fussy and fighting. I, I've been here starting in my seventh year. We've never had a, a crossword around here with anyone. Deacon's right. meeting, nothing. Out here, all of it. We don't fuss and fight around here. I know people would rather fight and fix a sandwich. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Beats yeah. all I've ever seen. But I love this place because we get along. And may it ever be so, right? Yeah. It's the house of God. And Paul wrote and said, I want you to know how y'all to behave in the house of God. And we do that here. We come together and we have our burdens, yes. We have our heartaches, yes. But we bring them together as a family and we share in on that and encourage one another and carry those burdens and wait till you get better. And you will get better. And then we'll rejoice with you along Amen. the way. Church home, it's a wonderful place. I remember my church home. Calvary Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, many years ago. My pastor was there well over 20 years. That was a place of healing. Large church. Uh, with balcony, everything, seat 850, you could get nearly 1,000 in there with chairs. Wow. Big, all the time. You never had to say a word about people coming to church. The pastor never said, I want you to come back to church. They were there every time. It was amazing back in the 80s and 90s and all when people had spiritual things more on their mind. But the balcony seat 350, the main floor 500 full all the time. I saw many, many families in those years, Wayne, yeah. come through there broken. Yes, sir. Broken, hurting, 
wouldn't even hardly hold their head up. Broken people. And I saw them come in there. And I saw that pastor and deacons and Sunday school teachers and church family minister to those people. Not, not getting in their way. Not meddling in their business. But just letting them know, hey, we're here for you if you need anything. And I watched many, many families heal through the years through my home church. I love that kind of thing. It ought to be a place of healing when you're hurting. Am I right? Amen. A place of healing. You can come here. Bring your burdens to the Lord, and I hope you'll find the help you need, and I know you'll find it here. Every child of God should have such a place. Every child of God should be a church member, right? Amen. In Alabama, I don't know where we got some of this crazy stuff. I don't know where we got it. Some of these crazy things. Uh, people would they'd leave a church, and they never would join another one, and uh, we called them trunk-led Baptists heard of anything like that. We said, oh, you've got the church letter in the trunk of your car. And we called it trunk lid back. Isn't that crazy, Wayne? Have you ever heard anything like that? Hmm, crazy. But every person that's saved ought to be an active member of a local New Testament church like this one. This is family. You need us. We need you. I can't make it without you. I can't do it. You might make it without me, all right. But I can't make it without you. You'll make me cry if you try to... My, have where I can't make it with you. I just can't have it. I've got to have it. There's oneness in here. Listen to this. Ephesians 4 or 5 says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's oneness in this place. Amen. You know, a church is a miracle. Different personality types in here. Yeah. Some have the sanguine type, the sparky, this life of the party person, you know. And there's others who have the melancholic type. They're quiet, reserved, and shy. There's some of you in here that have money. You won't let us know about it, but you've got it. You've got some money. And we're going to get some of their money. Some of you got money. Some of you don't have any money. Some of you struggle to make ends meet. Some of you have a college education, maybe. Some of you are high school dropouts. Some of you have a church background. Some of you don't. But isn't it amazing we all come together and though we're diversified, we have unity in diversity. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Amen. That's the Lord who does that. Yeah. Nobody could come in here with all the different diversified things we've got going on under this roof and get along together. But we can because it's the church of the living God and we're family. Amen. I love that. Right. Love that. Amen. We're a church family. So we have a family home, we have a church home, and then finally we have a heavenly home. Yeah. Heaven's mentioned 327 times in your Bible. Heaven is either the greatest myth ever fostered on humankind, or it's a real place. Amen. I go with the latter. Poppy, it's a real place. Heaven is a real place place. I love that. Where is this place? Heaven. Well, we need to look at it as Jesus was associated with it. We get an idea. Jesus said in John 3.13, I came down from heaven. And then when he ascended back up in Acts 1.11, the angel said, he's being taken up into heaven. So heaven's somewhere out there way up above us. You can't see it. That's right. You'll never see it with the most powerful telescope. You can't see it. 
that heaven is a real place. It has a literal city yeah. that has foundations and gates. Yeah. It is literal, it is visible, it is material. Heaven is a real place and it is my home. Yeah. In a sense, everybody in here who is saved is homeless. Because you're not home yet. But you will be home. We're pilgrims passing through. And we'll be home someday. That makes me feel warm all over. I'm homeward bound. I have a temporary dwelling here. And I thank God for it. And I love every minute of it. My home life. I love it. But I have a heavenly home, my permanent home, and my family, all of my family will be there because my family is born again. Amen. I could not rest without knowing my family saved. How about yours? The most horrible thing I've ever considered is one of my family members missing heaven. Oh, no, I want them there with me. Don't you want your family there with you? Amen. That's right. Oh, my soul. You've got to get them no matter what it takes. In John 14, 3, Jesus said, I go to prepare a what? A place. A place. Heaven is a real place for real people. You're not going to be floating around on a cloud strumming on a harp. You're going to a real city with a glorified body, tangible body, visible body, just like this one, except in glorified form. And you'll enjoy heaven for one eternal day. No night there. One eternal day in heaven above. Oh, my soul. Heaven. Jesus will make it sweeter. He's the very light of it. He's the very reason for our going. And he's the object of worship there. He's heaven's native son. And thank God we'll get to see him face to face. Amen. Get to be with our families. Get to be with friends that have gone on before. I'm telling you, I've got a lot of friends and family that's already gone. Right. And they're waiting for me. And uh, someday I'll be joining them, and you will too if you know the Savior. But I want to ask you this in closing this morning. Do you have a home? Do you have a place you can call home? Do you have a family home? Or has it been broken? God bless you, I'm sorry. <coughs> God can put your life back together again. It's not the end for you. That's right. And you can still have peace. You can still have some purpose. And down the road, God's got a new beginning for you. And don't you forget that. You've got a new beginning coming. If you don't have a family home. Do you have a church home today? If you're not a member of a Bible-believing church somewhere, you need to consider this one. I'm not asking you to join this one. But if you're going to join one, you might as well join the best one. That's right. Amen. But do you have a church home? You need us. And we need you. Consider that today. But more than anything else, a heavenly home. Do you have a heavenly home? Are you sure you know the Lord Jesus? Are you sure if you died today or the Savior were to come? You'd be ready to meet him. You have a heavenly home. Nothing else matters. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Nothing else matters except that. Your heavenly home. 
You can accumulate, you can go, you can do, you can have everything the way you want it, or some things may go wrong, you may have good days, bad days in this life. But it'll all be over very soon. And then, do you have a heavenly home? Oh my. I remember reading about a lawyer, an attorney, who had a client, and he brought him in, and they were talking one day, and the attorney was a Christian, and he said, uh, sir, you're kind of young. He said, what have you got planned for your life? He said, well, he said, I've got me a good job and I'm going to work, make some money. And when I get ready, I'm going to get married and have a family. He said, that, that's good. He said, then, <coughs> he said, well, I'm going to work and enjoy my family and do this and do that. And he said, I'm, I'm just going to love my family and enjoy a good life together. And he said, that's good, son. He said, then what? He said, well, I'll, I'll retire. And he said, I'll enjoy the benefits of my retirement and live off the money I've earned and enjoy my ripe old age. And the attorney said, then what? He said, then I'll die. Then I'll die. So no matter what's going on, that's what's coming. And it need not be anything dreadful. Not to the Christian. Amen. It's just opening up the gates to heaven. But consider where you are right now, what you're doing, and what it amounts to. And just how important is it when you consider eternity and facing the dear Lord someday? Do you have a place that you can call home? Let's bow for prayer. Our musicians are coming. You've listened so well, and it's a good group of you on this Time Change Sunday. Thank you for coming. You've been so gracious. I want all of you to feel at home here. I want all of you to be as happy as you possibly can be in this lifetime. I want you to be that. I want you to enjoy your life. I do. But I want you to make sure that you understand when you come down through those stages of life, what then, what then, what then? There is no more what then. There is eternity. And I want to make sure that all of you are ready for that. So, while our hands are bowed and our eyes are closed, can I ask you this? If you were saved by the grace of God, you have a heavenly home. You have a heavenly home. You know it for sure. Can I see your hands, please? I'm saved and I'm sure. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there a man, woman, boy, or girl in this room? You're not sure you're saved? You say, preacher, I don't know that I have a place to call home in heaven. But I'd like to be remembered in prayer. Pray for me. Lift your hand, please. Anybody in the room, I'm not sure. God bless you. Preacher. Oh, preacher. You mentioned having a home, having togetherness, having happiness, having a sense of belonging. Preacher, I've got a broken heart today. I have special needs today. And I may not ever want to even talk about it. But just so you know, I'm hurting today. And I have special needs in my life. And God
God knows what they are. Can I see your hand up and down and nobody else is looking? God bless you and you and you. That's very sensitive, isn't it? That's very personal to you. And I respect that. And nobody will ever know that you raise your hand. But if you want to come and talk to the Savior about it, if you want to call me on the phone sometimes, say, Preacher, could we talk about it? Whatever you need, dear one. Whatever you need. Let's stand, if you will, please, on the building. Roger, what are we seeing today? Coming home, our program. We're singing together. You know the song. You come if you'd like to. Come for prayer. Come for church membership. Lifting a burden. Whatever you need to do. Come on while we sing together.
We pray that if there's anyone here in this auditorium that they uh, don't know you in the pre-pardon city, they might come to you and they can talk to anybody in the church and find out how that's possible. Pray for the sick of the church, the ones that are in the process of healing, the ones in the hospital, and just be with them in a special way. Give them the strength through, if it even be through medical help, oh Father, to overcome their situation. So with the suit today, uh, <clears throat> as we will return tonight for another service, oh Father, give you the praise and glory for what's accomplished. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.